The Clueless Joe podcast is recorded at DBAT Nashville and brought to you by Rawlings, the nation's leading baseball and softball training academy franchise and the world's top baseball and softball brand have teamed up to create an exciting new partnership. DBAT, powered by Rawlings, the official ball, glove, and helmet of Major League Baseball. To learn more, go to Rawlings.com or visit your local DBAT. Say hey, baseball fans. Welcome to the Clueless Joe podcast, powered by Rawlings, episode six. Coming to you from D-Bat Nashville, the premier baseball and softball batting cage and training academy in Middle Tennessee. Developing beliefs, attitudes, and traditions, Music City style. You can follow us on social media across all platforms at D-Bat Nashville. I'm your host, John Chris. I'm here with my guys, former Memphis Tigers, Zach Schreitenthal. Tiger, I hardly know her. <laughs> <laughs> and former Georgetown, oh, excuse me, Georgetown Tiger, Ryan Gaynor. Brutal, John. Hey, guys. I had to do it once on the air. Uh-huh, Bear with sure, us. sure. Coming up later in the show, we'll be joined by Belmont head coach Dave Jarvis, as well as his son, former Bruins third baseman Logan Jarvis. And just a disclaimer before we get going, we do, do, we do the show live from the facility our holiday camp is going on as we speak so if you hear a bunch of eight and nine year olds yelling and screaming through the microphone they're in the middle of a game of kickball but anyway we begin with a not so serious topic that's sure to spark some serious debate or at least we hope what is your all-time starting lineup if you can only use fictional characters from baseball movies remember we're limited to fictional characters only so no jackie robinson from 42 no Babe Ruth from The Babe, no Mickey Mantle from 61, no Roberto Clemente from Chasing 3000. Also, no TV shows, so no cameos from Derek Jeter on Seinfeld or Ken Griffey Jr. from The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Uh, but we all got the assignment ahead of time. We did our research. I locked in my starting nine pretty quickly. The boys are scrambling here at the last minute. I've had um, you rattled me, yeah, John. You, changed you the rules rattled me. I did not bit. change the rules. You just didn't follow instructions. <laughs> <laughs> Zach has volunteered to go first. Let's do it. One through nine. Let's see this order. What go do you got Zach. for us? Well, go this Zach. is a unanimous batting lead. Off. It better is it? Be, it better be Una- unanimous. You're calling it unanimous. Better okay. be unanimous. I bet you John doesn't have it. Batting leadoff, uh-huh. playing center field. Uh-huh. Say hey, Willie Mays. Not unanimous. Mays. But continue. Yeah, I, be, I knew it wasn't going to be it, unanimous. I, Are you I kidding figured, me? I figured John would. <laughs> but I mean, Scott, report. What do you got for us? Dude, dude steals bags. Yeah. Gets on base. I mean, he's. I mean, he's just, just an absolute, yeah. absolute lightning. Rod. He's just your leadoff just guy. On, on, he is. Hopefully, we're talking Major League One, not yes. Major League Two. When right. A, we change the actors, and B, he tries to become a power hitter. Yeah, we're definitely going Major League One. Strictly one. Okay. Two uh, is Willie no. Okay. In today's game, he's not stealing a hundred bags. How many is he getting? Fifty. I'd put him. Yeah. Yeah. I'd put him solid. around fifty. I'd put him solid. around fifty. Yeah. Okay. I mean, runs he's like not going to go through all like the batting gloves. It's like Maze. Is that right? Uh, it's like something else, according yeah. to Coach Brown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't yeah. say it on air. Yeah. yeah. Not on this show. <laughs> All right. Two hole. Two hole. This will be my third baseman. Whoa. And this is, you, this is the guy you need on your team. You need one of these guys. Ray Mitchell, Angels in the outfield. Dude's got pop. Okay. 
You gotta have you gotta have an angel on your team. You need a, you need the angels, not the team, the actual angels from the movie. Angels aside, not my favorite movie. Angels aside, you think Ray Mitchell's getting the job done? Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Unless you put Hamling for Mitchell. Nobody knows that. I don't know that Mm-mm. one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Zach. Hopefully, somebody out there in gets your two hole though. Interesting. In okay, hole, that's yeah. an interesting he, spot for the two hole. He's. I think he's got some speed. He's got some Jerry curls too. He's yeah. got great hair. Um, <laughs> he did get pinch hit for a utility infielder. It's okay. Who, who Not a good a, luck. Who hit it inside the park? It's okay. Uh, swinging bunt. Yeah, but he tied up the, the game. Lineup with decision a, with a nice home run. Who against my White Sox? Ray Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Against my white side. That's his claim to fame yeah. in the movie. Mm-hmm. Great, great two hole. Great two hole. Okay. Okay. Moving on. I don't, I don't know if he's a. I don't know if he's the it's toolsy hitter I would like in the two it's hole. Interesting. But I, I agree, respect John. him in the starting lineup. I agree. But I, I agree. I have. There's guys at the bottom that'll make sense and why he's up there. Okay. Um, this is probably batting third, and catching is probably one of my favorite movie baseball movie guys. Plays the, one of the best villains you could possibly think of. Okay. Jack Parkman. Yeah. From three Major hole. League Two in the three okay. hole. Dude. It's a, that's a good pull. Man, he, oh. He My White Sox once again represented. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're represented Dude in a lot of these movies. It. He his, can. His little shimmy drives the women in Cleveland nuts. <laughs> love it. <laughs> I love it. Again, respect the choice. I don't know if I want him in a three hole. Really? Where would, strike, you, where would you put him? He just seems like, you know. Fifth, mm. you know, I, I mean, he's, yeah. prob- he's probably hitting 40 bombs, but is he hitting over 250? I don't know. Probably not. I don't know. It's going to be like Aaron Judge in the next, oh you know, five God. or six sure. years, something like sure. that. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, this now batting fourth and we'll just we'll, we'll, we'll clean up the the major league guys here. And then we're, we can move on from that movie for mm-hmm. me was my first baseman mm-hmm. with uh, recent. Events transpiring on on the rules. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is now my DH. Okay. Uh, Pinstriper, Clue Haywood. Uh-huh. Clue Haywood. I figured that uh, name that, would that, come that, up. That's a that should be a pretty. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, pretty, he's pretty, a he's a good four guy. According yeah. to the movie, he was the he, American League's Triple Crown winner. Yeah. He, yeah. Uh, it led in all major league or all major hitting categories, and mm-hmm. um, he hit approximately nine hundred off Ricky Vaughn. Yep. I mean, no. just an intimidating guy knows how to get in your head. Good choice. I mean, it is. It's a good choice. Leads the league in what nose hair as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, no. Say. That's not him. That's, that's not him. That's that was the, the closer, closer out of the bullpen. Okay. That was the closer. Mm. The I guy who threw his, his kid in the Father Sun game. Exactly. Sneezes. Yeah. It looks like a party favorite. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that guy. All right. All right. Clue Haywood in the four hole. That one makes sense. That one makes sense. Yes. All right. Here's my. Feel free to diversify your movie selection. I am. We're we're moving on now. Now it gets good. At number five. Playing second base. What a hitter. Marla Hooch. Marla Hooch. Good Hooch. choice. Nice. Good choice. Nice. Love it. it is good. Uh, it's a good choice. I mean, switch hitter. Switch yeah. hitter. Switch hitter. Just some solid pop to protect the, the top half of the order. Yeah. Man. That's uh, not afraid to put a bunt down. Exactly. Yep. She knows she knows the signs. She knows the signs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not gonna miss a sign. <laughs> and, is uh, she gonna be reliable late in the season? Absolutely. I mean, is she going to be available she? in October or is she going to run off and get married? Oh, think it. about that. I did not gotta think, think about, about this. That. I mean, when you're a GM, you got to think about all these oh, things. Oh, man. Okay. I forgot about that. That's Redraft. A <laughs> That's a good point. But no, I'll, I'll, ride, 
She can no, get us. It, she, it, she, Zach, she, it is a good pick. She can get us there. The longevity. She can get us there, and then when she runs off, I'll we'll throw. Oh, really? We'll, we'll throw Mickey Scales. You're gonna DFA her? No, no. Oh, but, okay. she, but if she leaves, that's fine. We next guy up, Mickey Scales. He'll he'll hold it down. That you're allowing your players to just leave. I mean, wow. You're getting break well, the they contracts. Allow, they have paternity leave these days. Yeah, true. Marital leave. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I guess. Okay. For family, family matters. Six hole. What do you got? All right, six hole. Late edition. Obviously, he was going to be my first guy off the bench. Um, Luke Collins, obviously, mm-hmm. first base. Great pop. Just a real team guy. Probably. What is the, this? I'll the six hole. This, six hole. Remind I mean, us which movie. Little Big League. Okay. Yeah. John hasn't seen that. I'll remind obviously. you, I've not seen that. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, John, John hasn't seen that. Yes. So. Um, but no, I'd probably give, give him the, the C. I'd give him the C, too. He'll, he'll captain my squad. I, no, I mean veteran the, guy. Veteran, for sure. Okay. Just does it the right way. Can't can't complain with that guy. In the six? In six he, he, he is a little streaky, obviously. He went through a pretty good slump. All right. But he figured it out. Yeah. I like again, your players. I, I feel like I would like to shake up your one through nine, though. I really would. Again, That's fine. That's fine. as a team guy, it's a good poll. Do I think he's going to... Do a lot on the field for you. He's a great defensive first baseman. What are you talking about? I, he's fine well, defensively, yeah. but if, if you're that Billy, let's look. Ago. Let's look at first baseman though. Do you want first baseman to be really great defensively, or do you want them to hit I think fifty he, bombs I think and three hundred? I think he does both very well, which is why he's where he's hitting, where he's hitting, where he's hitting. Okay, okay, you're putting a lot of trust in him at the plate. And so my my seventh hole is uh-huh. he's in the seventh. I could move him up to my sixth probably. But I am going to take into Second account. Second thoughts already. <laughs> I am going to take into account that he is not 18. Or is he? Um, I got to stick. I, I got to stick Kelly Leak in right field. Yeah. I had a feeling uh, that's where you were going. Yeah. yeah I got to stick him in right. I mean, yeah. Super utility dude, dude's guy. a ball hawk. He can play he, anywhere. He, he, ball hawk. Just he'll track anything down. Yeah. Great arm and right. Um, it's a good pick. Again, he'll hold his own at the plate. I'm going to go with not 18. This right, <laughs> my yeah, my, old enough to smoke cigarettes in the dugout. <laughs> right, it's not enough to purchase them. And this yeah. is this is Kelly Leak from the new Bad News Bears, by the way. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, eight hole. I, this was tough. Shortstop. You don't know who this is, but little big league Pat Corning, just just a, a solid defender. Probably not going to get it done too much with the bat, like but, a Jeter type. But yeah, yeah. He, mainly just a Jeter. Like he's gonna Can't he's gonna it. show up. He's gonna show up to the yard every day, grind out, grind Absolutely. out abs, make the routine plays, make a couple good plays. Hit. I mean, yeah. lackluster at yeah. the plate. Yeah, not yeah. really, not really worried. And then old school shortstop. Yeah, yeah, dude, just a just a grinder. How many, okay. li- how many little big leagues is that? That's two? two. Okay, two and three major leagues and three, three major, major leagues. leagues. Mm-hmm. Not one for two, diversity. Two, two major league ones, and a major. And you have major leagues. You have them in the top four, right? All three of them yeah. in the top four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chemistry, exactly. Yeah. Big exactly. chemistry guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, and especially nine, Parkman. Parkman is a big chemistry guy. Yeah, and then <laughs> in left, yeah, he's gonna get eight. high he's fives. Great. Not necessary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Round us out here. Uh, wait, I think second leadoff man, as I like to yeah, say. Second, yeah, second leadoff. Again, I've seen this movie a handful of times, but left field, it's hard to to deny Rex Pennebaker. Yeah. T Rex. Yeah. Just a just a You could throw the C a, on him, dude. You could. Again, which movie? Mr. Three Thousand. Yeah. Mr. Three Thousand. Okay. Not one yeah. I know well. Yeah. Again, I've seen it a you handful of times. You could throw the C on him. You could. You could. I mean, listen, reformed, yes. Wasn't he Big kind of shot. A, wasn't he kind of a 
Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Arrogant. Yeah. Oh yeah. But then he but then he cleaned himself up. I, I need somebody like Lou. Cover cover of MVP baseball in the movie, I believe. Oh, that's right. I, I think, think. So. that sounds right. Something yeah. Like that. And yeah. He, yeah. And I don't remember what car he drove though, but it was sick at the time. I, I will say. So yeah, that that's my my batting order. Okay. I will say before I knew that we were not putting the pitcher in the lineup. Before mm-hmm. you understood the rules? Yes. <laughs> uh, I was going to bat Steve. I, so Steve Nebraska is my okay. starting pitcher. He's race? Obviously. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, obviously. 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 Dude, and I was going to bat him Assuming eighth. you can put him in a trance before the game. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I was going to put <laughs> And I was going to bat him eighth because that dude can swing it too. You're going to put him eighth? That, that, and then have either Pat Corning or Rex. Wow. Round You're going the with the hole. new. Uh, yeah. The new school. Tony yeah. LaRusso ball Before, back in the yeah. car. Yes. Yeah. Bat your pitcher he, he, can, yeah. He, can, he can hold his own at the plate. I'm okay. not worried about that. But right. Steve Nebraska just, what do, a, what do you have, a 27 it's strikeout It's a solid game? one through something nine. Something like that. Yeah, 27 strikeouts for like uh, yeah. debut. Yeah. Yeah. I think the individual pieces are more valuable than the whole. That's my opinion. But a solid one through nine. Yeah. I could. I mean, I could rearrange the order a little bit. I, I won't deny that. But okay. You know, it's yeah. all right. RG, I mean, what do you got for us? Your research could be a little better, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, here's the My thing. My line all y'all's lineup. I, I don't know that. Well, I have a lot of the ones that Zach had, unfortunately. Ooh, there's I a hope couple, you do. Do your, there's do your a research. Couple that do your research. I did do my research. I would say Zach me. has at least the, one egregious omission. Ryan, at least one egregious omission. But we'll get to that. Oh, okay. I can't well, wait to hear it. Ryan called me at 9 o'clock last no, night. No, I did not. No, what, I wait, did what, not. Wait, what are we supposed to do? Okay, I just, needed, baseball I just needed clarification. I just needed clarification on the fictional to He thought we were doing realistic. Like, fictional characters Sandlot, only. Sandlot in the one hole. Stop it. No, no, Zach, no, no, no. <laughs> Stop of the it. year in the two hole. Stop it. Let me say my lineup okay. because right, it's going to beat yours. Yeah. All right. Obvious number one, playing center field, Willie Mays Hayes. Willie Mays Hayes. I already talked about okay. him. Okay. Okay. In the two hole. Because I think it, he's going to be a good team guy that can get a hit and run down. Oh, he can lay a sack down. He's got the speed to even leg out a hit and run if he hits it in the right place. All right. Give me Benny the Jet. Benny the Jet? Give me Benny the Jet playing okay. shortstop. Zach's right. currently shaking his head. Very disappointed. I don't I told, why? I told, why I told are you John, disappointed? I told John yesterday, and this is before he kind of explained to me the the synopsis or the the basis of the scene. You mean the explain the very simple basic rules a second time? <laughs> Yeah, no, no. When when I when I I told you yesterday, I was like, if somebody has Benny the Jet Rodriguez in their lineup tomorrow, why the why why does that out. upset you so much? He's a great team in, guy. Well, in the movie, he's a great team guy, but in mm-hmm. the movie, and he's he, a pinch runner. The movie makes it very clear that it's the tail end of the, his career. Yeah, it's See, that's still that's got why the wheels. I didn't know. I, I I I've watched that movie. You're telling me a million. Times you're telling me never, Willie Mays gets on. Maybe steal second base, first pitch. You don't think Benny can get down a sack bunt to third? Is that is that what you're going Absolutely. for? Absolutely. Trying to play small ball. Absolutely, in I the am. Big leagues. Absolutely. Yeah, I respect the choice. I am. I respect the choice. And and yeah, he could if Willie Mays doesn't get on. Yeah, he's gonna get I a could, hit. I could maybe slot him to my nine hole, but I ain't putting him at the top of my order. Crazy. Not as a pinch runner. Okay. Three hole. Three hole. Dhing. For the chemistry, give me Ham Porter. Ooh, yeah, okay, yeah. Steve as long ancient. as as long as he calls a shot, then he'll get then he'll get a hit. But I don't know. Backing up, backing up, Benny. I think it's going to be a good. Not catching. Not catching. He's DHing in the three hole. In the three hole. Yep. I think he's, right. he yeah. he has the potential to have a breakout year. Okay, I can see it. In the four, 
Give me T Rex. Give me Pennebaker. Wow. Just, I mean, no uh, from pop, my no reef, pop to the line. From my, I, I've already, I've already won. What do you mean? What do you mean? Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean? Already won this. What do you mean? No pop. Ham Porter's just gonna, you know, ground into double plays. No, remember that? Remember that? If you really pay attention to that movie, that ball he hits over to the left field, it was a fly out to the first base. It was. You're right. He got no juice. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You guys are taking this way too literally. Wait. All right. What do you mean no pop? 50 bombs and three embedded over 300 in the year before. What did he do the year of? I don't know. He had a good year. Other than being arrogant, he had a good year. Anyways, yeah, you ahead. had him in your lineup. I, I don't understand. <laughs> what are you? In the five, I have Clay. Or I'm sorry, not Clay. Clue Haywood. Okay. Clue Haywood. Right. Yeah. Okay. Solid. Solid. Again, we talked about him. Yeah. Rattle c- can rattle some this, guys. This but is a very shaky clubhouse you no. got going on here. No, very no it's not. No, it's not. I, I got, got cancers in my clubhouse. but uh, In the six, playing third, I got Ray. I got Ray Mitchell. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't think... I no, I can't. I can't do Roger. I can't do Roger oh, he's, Dorn. He's a liability. He is there. too selfish. He's not a. He's not he's a clubhouse problems. guy. He's got problems at home. He, he's just. You cannot. By the stick end of that movie, there. he was picking it. I remember they specifically they, said yeah, he but, finished the season with eighty six RBI. Pretty solid figure from a third baseman. Yeah, but I feel like year to year, he's got too many mental issues that it's going to be an yeah. issue. Okay. Yeah. Give well, me pre- Ray. Prima donna for Great me. investing yeah. advice. Yeah. And in the seven catching. I got Dottie Hinson. I knew, from I knew, of the I knew call. someone was going to go with that. I, I knew it was going to be you. Let two. me interject Abs- that now yeah. both you have two egregious omissions. No. But continue. Just an absolute wall defensively. Not going to let a ball get past her. Yeah. Yes. Is the, bat, yeah. is the bat a little questionable? Yes. But from a catcher, I just want a defensive. It? It's it's okay. I it's okay. She's still one of them. She's, she's one of the better offensive, but it's not anything crazy. But, Shane I mean, I, this is strictly from a defensive point. Yeah. I mean, she's she's awesome. She's another so, one you have to worry about showing up. So Rube Baker didn't True. Make yep. Yeah. She's, an, she's another flight yeah. risk. You're another right. Another flight risk. You're right. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'll, t- I'll put her on a one-year contract. Yeah. And I think we'll be okay. But I'll put her on a one-year. But year. someone to really pull a clubhouse together, though, that, I mean, that's your that's yeah. your, that's your I hope yeah. so. right there. Because um, I don't see Clue Haywood and Bo and no. uh, and Ham Porter getting along. <laughs> I really don't. Probably not. That could be dicey. In the eight, playing second, Tanner Boyle. You, I have. Yeah. Oh I got to put him in there as the competitive. And if if a fight needs to break out, he's going to be my guy. I respect that runs out. There. If somebody goes spikes up to yeah. to Benny, what do you think he's going to do? He's going to run over there and he's going to so scratch his short? eyes out. Benny's playing short. Tanner's playing second. I'm okay. switching him over. Okay. I'm moving him over to the other side right. of the bag. Okay. You think he handles that adjustment well? Oh, he'll mm. be fine. Guys, he'll out be of position. Fine. God, I have he'll so, be fine. I have so won this game. It's a middle infielder. I have so won this game. Oh my gosh. He's got. This is. He, he I doesn't have Johns a, is going to be the worst out of all of us. Kid on his team, I bet. Uh, rounding it out, and I did make this last minute. Um, I got Bobby Rayburn from the fan. And I, I have only. I've that. seen the last half of the movie. I did not see the beginning. I saw the last half. It's like a thriller. So you have Wesley Snipes twice. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sure do. Twice. Yeah, sure do. Okay. That feels like it should be a DQ. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Ray Okay, you're right. I mean, you're right. I do I mean, have Wesley Snipes twice. Are you, you going to go with... Give me a second. Yeah. Are you going to go with Kevin Costner uh, as Crash hey. Davis catching and as your starting pitcher from uh, no. for you're Love right, Game? John. You're right. You're right. Give me a sec here. Uh, my starter, uh, while I'm looking this up, my starter is going to be Chet Stedman. Gonna get me five. Shit. Gonna get me six. Stedman. Yeah, 
from rookie of the year? Rookie of the year. Yeah. Dude Have you seen his rookie? arm out? Yeah, but he grinds on the mound. I didn't bother with pitching, by the way. I'm all about the lineup. Um, in my middle relief, I got Henry R- Rowan Gartner. Rowan Gartner. Rowan Gartner. Garden Hoser. <laughs> um, as long as he has a healthy arm, he's going to be money. Even when he didn't have a healthy arm. Well, yeah, questionable. Just and then yeah, closer. And then closer. Wild thing. Everyone's going to have Ricky Vaughn as your closer. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I got. All right. Um, Again, like, don't love. Like, don't love. I think you're, I think you're clubhouse. Originally, originally I had smalls in ninth. I was going to put, I was going to put him in left field, but he's just as a, just as a chemistry guy, strictly as a chemistry guy, but he's, he's not going to. All right. Can I go now, please? Yes, you can. So I can just sufficiently prove how cleanly I won this game. Sure. Go ahead. Okay. I want to see Zach have his meltdown. Yeah. Um, Keep in mind that I put clearly more thought into this than you guys did. I got righties, I got lefties, I got switch hitters, I got Which nobody playing just out of position. Absurd. I also it's made sure I did not double any movie. So I got nine in my lineup for nine separate movies. <sighs> Leading off playing shortstop, sorry, Zach, Benny the Jet Rodriguez. Yeah. Even if he's in the twilight of his career, even if they say he's lost a step or two, he can still come <laughs> off the bench and steal home straight to win a ball game. You know he's a grinder. You know he's going to get on base. You know he's got the high baseball IQ. He can obviously still run. Benny the Jets might. I think it's wild that you're so. I don't know why you're so anti Jets. Iconic. Iconic. I I don't know why you're so against him. Two hole. Just can't do it. I went with Bobby Rayburn, center fielder from the fan. Okay. I think he is the better Wesley Snipes player. Now it's not a good movie. It's one of Robert De Niro's weirder performances, but they make. Bobby Rayburn out to be a Bobby, I'm sorry, a Barry, Barry Bonds, Bonds type yeah. of player. Yeah. yeah. He's got wheels. Uh, yeah. He's got power. Tries to get the inside the parker. High contact. So that seems like a lot of chaos at the top of the order. Um, in the three hole for me, again, both of you should be disbarred from this conversation for not including him. <laughs> Probably the best hitter in movie history Ooh. is Roy Hobbs from The Natural. Yeah, I I, never, I, 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 was, I had never seen that movie. I okay. was going to plug him in. I, okay. I've, I've never seen it, but I was going to plug him in off by yeah. research. Zach's never but. seen The Natural, so we're yeah. going to have to seriously consider his employment. At this well, he's never, John's never seen Little Big League. so That is true, That's, John. The Natural is not Little Big League. The Little Big, little big League is not what The Natural. Roy Hobbs was an animal. Roy Hobbs was probably the best pure hitter in a fictional baseball movie. I'm, I'm not going to disagree. Because right fielder. That's my guy. High average Best guy. hitter. High average, unbelievable power. Yeah. Can be streaky. Depends on the women issues. Yeah. That's, that's, that's going to come up for one of my yeah, other guys typi- later. Typical for But again, I'm thinking about bouncing. Moves. He's a lefty as well. I got two righties at the top. Roy Hobbs is a he lefty. He was a lefty? Yes, he was a lefty. Oh. Correct. And not a bad a swing. Not a bad swing from yeah. uh, Robert Refford. Yeah, very well. Why do they call him the natural? Watch him swing a bat. It's just natural. Yeah. It's a natural swing. Yeah. Ken Griffey likes Clean up for me. Clean up. Again, kind of surprising admission from you guys. This is my entry for Major League. My designated hitter is Pedro Serrano. No, can't hit a curveball. Can't hit a curveball. Nope. John, you, terrible you want, pick. You when you see him sitting pick. in front of him and behind him. Terrible pick. You my you're, you're, giving, like, like you're giving us grief, and now you're putting a guy in the four hole who's only going to see curveball. But in the biggest stage, 
please. He'll do it himself. And we'll see about that. And he'll hit that curveball. He's got to praise the gods. Out yeah, of the ball. You want that voodoo in your in your locker. I'm okay. I'm fine with that. Crazy. I'm fine with wow. that. Wow. Zach, yeah. this is nuts. Hey, just run. in the cleanup hole. No I, question. I made, I made it very clear to not Plenty include him of protection move behind him. Just move on. Plenty just of protection on. behind him. This is my spot for my third baseman from Angels in the outfield, Ray Mitchell. Uh-huh. He's like Nobody's the, he's going like the, Roger. The, he's Nobody's, the only he third was. baseman. It was him, him it was and Roger. Roger Dorn could have been there. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like he's a better five-hole hitter than two-hole hitter where Zach has him. He's offers, not a two-hole. Offers not a solid two-hole. protection for Pedro. He's going to get more fastballs. I'm okay with that. In the sixth hole, another surprising omission. Lefty, trying to balance here for Mr. 3000. I got Stan Ross. Did you? I got Stan okay. Ross. I'm a Chicago guy. I'm a Bernie Mac guy. When he, comes, when he comes out. back or before before he well, thought he got 3,000? Obviously, <laughs> he got 3,000 hits. Maybe I'm not getting him from the movie, but at some point, dude's getting 200 hits a year and hitting well over 300. 2,997. Got to be. So I okay. think I'm pretty confident with, Mine was confident with that in okay. six hole. Yeah. Tony Gwynn-like. I mean, Tony Gwynn-like, again, I'm a Chicago guy. love Bernie Mac. Yeah. Uh, miss that he's not around anymore. I didn't, um, I didn't put him in because I just have a personal vendetta on the character he plays. It's not a great character, yeah. but 3,000 yeah. hits. I, yeah. The guy could I, I, I clearly... See, I, I see where you're should, coming you from. Should I, plug I, at no, some point. You should plug I, him yeah. in. I don't have any any argument against yeah. that. No. It's like Derek Jeter. Do you want the last five years of Derek Jeter or maybe the first five? He's, he's a 3,000 hit guy. <laughs> yeah. So you're getting him at some point. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now we start keeping that lineup nice and balanced. Seven hole. Egregious, egregious omission from both of you guys. It's got to be Crash Davis. It's no. It's got to be Crash Davis. No. You want a lifetime minor leaguer as your catcher? Absolutely catcher, not. I don't the care. The ultimate clubhouse guy. He has guy. a cup of coffee in the big league. Is he a clubhouse guy? Yes, he's a clubhouse guy. He turns Nuclelouch into a big guy. leaguer, basically. Well, after doing things outside with yeah, he's the lady. I don't, want him, I don't want him in the clubhouse Power? For, my, for my lady's reasons. You got Clue Haywood. <laughs> True. You've got some pretty hey, shaky clubhouse. Yeah, but hey, here's the thing. Clue Haywood is a guy you want on your team. Not you don't want to play. He's the guy that you want to guy Zach is fired up. You don't want to play against him. You hate playing against him, but you love playing you with Clue him. Haywood that is and Clue Haywood. Jack Parkman? Same thing. Okay. How are you gonna have those guys yeah. in the same lineup? That's good. That's good. That's causing some problems. Yeah. But, but Crash Davis is a clubhouse thing, liability. I, Clue and Clue and Jack outside, outside of the clubhouse. I also <laughs> I look. Know. He's got pop, he switch does. hitting catcher. I only need him in the seventh hole. I don't need him hitting third, fourth, or fifth. He ain't going to throw anybody why, out. Why didn't he make it to the majors, John? Why didn't he? There's got to be something. Yeah. Had a cup of coffee. He was blocked at his Call. position. Egregious. He, he was blocked. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Bruce Benedict was the, third, was the catcher in waiting uh, with the Braves all these years. <laughs> Moving on to the eighth hole. Again, a movie that I have referenced on this show went clear over you guys' heads. But eight hole, my second um, cleanup guy, if you will. I'm taking Daryl Palmer from The Slugger's Wife. I know you guys haven't seen haven't it. Seen it haven't it seen is it. a Can't terrible go movie. Can't go ahead. It know. makes no sense whatsoever, but he's a corner outfielder for the Atlanta Braves on his way to 62 home runs in one season. Streaky is all get out. We got to make sure Rebecca DeMornay loves him. If that happens, he's going to go on a tear. The second she goes off and prioritizes her career, I feel like career, that's with a lot of these He's going to go in the tank, but... I got in the eight hole a guy chasing 62 home runs. You think he would have won MVP if he hit 62? That's probably not a big deal, right? Probably 62 not. home runs in a season. 
Is he going to miss a game for his Sam's girl? Sam's not here today. Okay. Keep that argument to yourself. <laughs> well, I know Ryan shares that same point of view. And in the <laughs> nine that. hole for me, second base, this is one that all three of us have. I am going with Marla Hooch as well. You didn't have Marla I Hooch. didn't have Marla. She yeah, is Tanner. You, that's right. You didn't. Yeah, Tanner. Tanner. That's right. You had. No, you went with I, uh, Dottie. You went with Dottie. No, I went Tanner. From, Tanner from Bad News. No, I'm saying she had, I went he had Dottie Henson oh, from, yeah. from the movie. From the movie. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I have Marla Hooch from A League of Their Own. Um, again, switch hitter. I got Liability her on the base pass. I got her as my secondary leadoff player, if you will. Um, so high average. She's going to get Benny the Jet in the top of the lineup back up again. Yeah. So I got righty, righty, lefty, righty, righty, lefty, <laughs> switchy, righty, switchy. Plenty of balance, plenty of power, plenty of speed, high contact. I mean... I clearly won this game going. Well, this, I don't this know. This is about the same that. man that went through 180-plus days of fantasy baseball. I honestly, and I will and say. Did not lose the number one spot. I will, I will say that I think Roy Hobbs is going to pull pull your lineup away from ours. Yeah. And I'm and I'm pissed that I didn't put him in mine. That's foolish on your part. If, yeah. if I've seen I the movie, appreciate I probably, the admission. I because I know we didn't admission, discuss sorry. it, but mine is right-handed heavy. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of righties. So if, if, Ch- if any of my pitchers get on the mound, my lineup may not. If I bring well, you know but. Chad Bradford out of the bullpen for Moneyball, you got yeah. no chance. Yeah, forget it. Yeah, um, give me give us one pitcher, John. One, one pitcher. pitcher. Um, that's a good question. Since I have Crash Davis catching, I'll probably go with Nuke Lelouch starting. Yeah, uh, you'll get the most out of him. Everyone's going to have with no clothes on or with clothes on. Uh, the rose goes in the front, big <laughs> yeah. guy. Okay. Which so. island is he bringing <laughs> yeah. that out of? <laughs> All right, Aztec, what? right? Aztec. Yeah. What a. We want to do a manager, Lou Brown. I mean, it's got to be Lou, Lou Brown. Brown. That's that's kind of my number one. But yeah, I mean, Billy Haywood. That dude just does it. I don't know. Lou Brown's a heavyweight champ for me. Yeah, I mean, there's Jimmy Dugan. Yeah, from a league of their own. Uh, Little Tom Hanks. Yeah. What? You don't like him? I, you, you know, I I thought about cheating and making Jimmy Dugan one of my corner outfielders. Oh my! He wasn't. Mm. <laughs> he was a good player. Yeah. I mean, they make him out to be like Johnny Mize. That would have been a DQ. Yeah, that, that might have been, been a DQ. That would have been. That would have stretched for sure. I gotta have Brickma on my, on my. I'm really, I really don't like myself that I did not have a. Uh, Let's well, honestly, and I hate to do this because it's gonna blow John's head up. I'm gonna rank John one, me two. You're an obvious three. No, yeah. an no, obvious shot. You have three. Tanner from Bad News Bears on your team. S- Scrappy He's guy, awful. Ryan, you got no righties. He does nothing in the movie. No. He, he got several sticks of clubhouse dynamite. I don't know. No, you have Crash Davis, who's going to sleep with everybody's women. It's going to be. Yeah, I'm just. But Zach's hey, is for sure hey, the worst. That got the most out of Roger Dorn. Might be a good thing. That's when Roger Dorn turned into a ball player when his wife different was movie. stepping out. Different movie. All right. Sounds like we should get same, out of here while this same, is still same PG. character, different movie. All right. Still PG here. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I got. It's a little right. shaky. Let's go ahead and take a break now. But when we come back, we're going to be joined by the Jarvis family. Belmont head coach Dave Jarvis and his son, former Bruins third baseman Logan Jarvis. The Clueless Joe podcast is brought to you by Tanner Tees. The best batting tees for your baseball or softball player. Made with premium, durable materials and assembled in Sarasota, Florida. Invented by Joe Tanner in 1988 and perfected over 30 years, every Tanner tee represents the very best in the business. Here at DBAT Nashville, we feature the heavy model in all of our cages and also sell them in our pro shop. It's a tough, professional quality weighted batting tee with a flexible, hand-rolled rubber cone that's perfect for baseball, fast pitch, and slow pitch. This heavy-duty batting tee is designed with a 10-pound, claw-style base for extra stability on any hitting surface. 
sturdy enough to stay upright through the occasional mishit. To learn more, go to TannerTees.com or visit your local DBAT. Okay, please welcome Dave Jarvis. He's been the head coach of Belmont here in Nashville since 1998. On the field, he tied a school record with 39 wins this past year and came within an eyelash of the program's third NCAA tournament appearance. I know there's a little bit of a broken heart there, but it is what it is. Um, Off the field, 30 of his players were named to the Ohio Valley Conference honor roll, which was a league high. There are less than 100 college coaches with more than 1,000 career wins, and one of them is sitting right here with us today. Very fortunate to have him. But also, please welcome Logan Jarvis. He was a career 283 hitter for the Bruins with 16 homers, 119 knocked in over the course of, let's call it four and a half seasons, if you want to include the COVID short in 2020. But uh, in addition to now working at his high school alma mater in the athletic department, he also moonlights here at DBAT as one of our camp instructors, and he does a sensational job. Very pleased to have him here for our holiday camp. Gentlemen, thank you very much for both being here. Happy to be here. Thank you. Sure. Yeah, thanks for having us. So let's get into this right away. Uh, the, the father-son dynamic is what I really wanted to talk about in terms of sports and what have you. But I wanted to get you guys in the show, not only together, but Skipper, just very simple. You know, What's it like coaching your son? Well, it's, uh, I believe in nature's balance. So it can be extremely high as far as the enjoyment, the pleasure of it. And it can be challenging at the same time, too, because you want to try to do everything within your power to make sure that uh, all of his teammates feel like he's not being given any type of favoritism, any type of uh, extra benefit, basically. Uh, that, that was always extremely important to me. I had the good fortune of actually the very first team that I became a head coach on in my early 20s. Uh, my youngest brother was on that junior college team okay. that I was coaching already on that roster. And so um, – I had a little bit of that dynamic already in my life where I worked with him because he and I were very close. And uh, so there was some aspect of that. But uh, to Logan's credit, coaching him, uh, he handled things so well and did such a tremendous job as a a coach's son playing for his father that I give him a tremendous amount of credit for the way that he managed uh, his – his aspect of the locker room and his aspect of the bus and the, and the dugout and all those type of things. And he, he, he allowed himself just to be one of the guys and allowed himself to, uh, um, you know, enjoy that culture and enjoy, uh, what his teammates brought to the equation. So it was, for me, I'm, I, I feel like it was a, a huge blessing in my life. I was very honored to, to have him not only as a, a very productive and an extremely good player in our program, but also as a good leader within our program. And, and you know, had been with us now for, you know, the previous uh, five, six years mm-hmm. and was a huge part of our culture and our leadership, no doubt about it. Well, he's sitting right next to you. Let's go ahead and ask him directly. Yeah. Logan, what was it like playing for your old man? Uh, <clears throat> man, it was a blast. It was a blast. It was, it was kind of like, uh, it was like hanging out, with like all your cousins or hanging out maybe like in the neighborhood with all your neighbors, like all your best friends. And then like your dad was there too. Like being at like a huge barbecue or interesting (laughs) or something or like a family reunion where it's like, I like that perspective. It was, you know, I was so invested and interested in the locker room. I wanted to be one of the guys I wanted to be 
uh, accepted, all those things that everybody wants. So, I mean, there would be times I would be acting crazy or doing something wild or trying to be funny or, or frustrated, you know, just so losing control of my emotions. And when I'm with my boys and you're in the locker room setting, it's, that's part of everyday life. And then sometimes mm-hmm. I turn around and be like, Oh, my dad's here too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden the governor kicks in. Yeah, it would be like, Oh man, like I gotta, <laughs> you just look up and be like, Oh, my dad's here. I forgot about that. So, um, but to everybody else it was just coach. It wasn't, you know, right. So parenthetically, I coach my own son, as both of you guys know, he is eight going on nine. Uh, since he's been a T-baller at age four years old, I've been the only coach he's ever had. But most fathers who coach their kids do so as volunteers in a local little league, kind of like I have. So, Skip, um, Logan was learning how to walk when you got the job at Belmont. It was right about the time he was maybe a year old or so. And I'm assuming you never really had an opportunity to be like the classic little league dad. So what was it like when he was just a toddler and a youngster learning how to play the game, but you had this big boy job? Yeah, Uh Actually, I took the job two months before Logan was born, okay. just a little over two months before he was born. And so he's grown up uh, as a part of Belmont, you know, throughout his, throughout his life. Uh, I, I made a decision early when my oldest son, Jordan, was born. I, I wanted to spend every moment that I could work with these guys on baseball, letting it be me work with them one-on-one more than trying to be their little league coach. I, I had seen a lot of older coaches – previous to me even having children that had gotten into trying to do summer ball stuff and still run their programs at Mm -hmm. the same time. So I felt like that was a mistake to try to do it that way. So I thought, well, I'm going to, I'm going to have some limited hours because of recruiting and travel and some of the other rigors of a division one head coach's position. I wanted any of those hours that I spent with them to try to be more one-on-one hours if they wanted to do baseball or it could be basketball or football or video games. Or I wasn't very good at video games, I'll confess that. <laughs> Fair enough. They kicked my butt early and often at video games, so I finally got out of that. But anything that I wanted to do with them, I wanted it to be more in the one-on-one to make it higher quality and not be in that dynamic where I was coaching them on the field and trying to coach the other kids too. I wanted to spend that time with them. Now, how often did you get a chance to even see him play a game when he was a little leaguer, when he was in middle school, even when he was in high school in Franklin? Pretty often. Uh, you know, I was fortunate, had really good assistant coaches as far as the recruiting process that did a lot of the road work. Uh, missed a lot of games. Uh, missed things like high school graduations, uh, things like that that were just beyond my control due to my job. Uh, so, but I did get to see them often and I did try to, as they got older, John, the, the best part of them getting older was they were playing in really good tournaments and playing in really good locations where I could be somewhere and be, uh, hitting some games and doing some recruiting sure. while also getting them where they needed to be and try to try to let them play as well too. So at some point in their evolution, 15, 16, it began to be where I could do both. Okay. Now, I had a kid who used to play for me uh, in Little League. His dad is the third base coach for the Baltimore Orioles. It's Tony Manzalino who makes his offseason home here. Uh, He's been on the show, as a matter of fact. Um, I know a lot about baseball, but Tony has forgotten more than I'll ever know. And I was coaching his son for multiple seasons. So, Logan, this is a long-winded way of asking, when you were a kid learning how to play the game as a Little Leaguer, as a middle schooler, how did you take coaching from other people 
in charge of these teams considering what your dad did for a living? I think my mom probably had more trouble with that than I did. <laughs> there would be times that I would – I typically just try to do whatever they told me to do. Um, I don't know. You'd have to ask them. They might not think that I did that. But I typically try to do whatever they told me to do. And then if it didn't work, um, I mean, I was always talking to my parents about everything. So if we're coming home from practice, I was talking about what was going on at practice. So if something didn't work or something didn't look like, my mom would be just adamant. She was like, that's not right. You need to be asking your dad about that. You need to be asking your dad about that. And then he – I would defer to him. So just whatever he said, if he was like, oh, don't do that then I would go back and I would try to kind of hold the line. Even if I was facing a dad or somebody who thought I should be doing it their way, I would try to try to do it the right way. But I got to play for the one thing I'll say is I did get to play for a bunch of guys who he knew really well. We played a lot of neighborhood teams. That helps. That helps. And, um, and sometimes they'd be coming up to me saying, what does your dad say about this? Even if I was nine or 10 years old, cause they knew him, they had his phone number. They just, it was the middle of practice. So, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of those guys, I mean, Tim Evans played college ball, Tim Wells, really good athlete. Um, you know, uh, Kevin Jarvis, major league pitcher. I mean, a lot of these guys, they had kind of their own credentials where we didn't have to worry about, you know, bad information or anything like that. So. Did you ever want your dad to be your coach at that level? Did you understand that that just wasn't really a possibility at that point? Oh yeah, it was never like a never really a conversation. Um, there was the one. This is a funny story. The one team that he did probably help out with was, uh, I guess, the Storm was probably that team, and we had we had Tim Evans, so Division One player at UAB. Mm-hmm. Um, if he doesn't still hold the triples record there, he's top two. Um, so his son, Kyle Evans, one of my best friends, Bryce Jarvis, first round pick in the Arizona Diamondbacks mm-hmm. system right now. His dad is a 16 year, you know, big leaguer. Uh, and then my dad. And so these three guys, Kevin, embarrassment had re- of riches, Kevin had retired. So he was going pretty much full time. Tim was working, you know, a normal job. So he was going full time. And then my dad was coming in whenever he could. And we did win the championship that year. But I remember looking back on that team and being like, this is incredible. Yeah. And all the neighborhood dads were not happy that we had I'm guessing. That, that squad. So, because I mean, stacked. Yeah. It was, uh, like you said, embarrassment of riches. I want to pose this question to both of you. So, when Logan first put on that Belmont uniform, I'm curious what the reaction was, not only between each other, but other guys in the roster and the like. So, uh, Coach, was there any buzz about him getting preferential treatment? Logan, was there any talk about you're only here because your dad's the coach? Uh, were you 100% sure that you wanted him to play for you? Were you 100% sure that you wanted to play for your old man? Well, I was 100% sure that I wanted him to play for us. I felt like he was going to be a really good player. I felt like he, he would be able to make his own marks, you know, and uh, earn his teammates' respect. I, mm-hmm. I thought all of those things would unfold naturally. Um, it was, it was very special, uh, when he made the decision to come to Belmont university, I was thrilled about that. I was glad to do it, but I also wanted it to be his experience. It's his life. It's not mine. I just wanted it to be his choice. And I think he can tell you why he made the decision to choose Belmont, but he, he had other offers. He had offers from other division one programs. And I encouraged him to investigate those and to look into them fully and to try to try to discern what he wanted to do. And 
I think I told him the same thing that I've told all of all of the recruits that we talk to. It's it's about the culture, uh, find, making sure that you find the right place. It's about the educational fit, making sure that you're able to uh, make whatever college you choose uh, works for you academically. And, and there's life after baseball that you have to be prepared for. So we were, we, I felt like we checked a lot of boxes that would fit for him. Uh, but I'll let him address that. But for me, uh, him, him committing to Belmont University and making that decision to come and be a part of a program, Again, it's one of the greatest honors of my life, and I was thrilled thrilled to have him. For what sure. about you, Logan? Did you feel at home right away? I mean, you had obviously grew up with the program, yeah. but did you feel like one of the boys right away? Did you have a chip on your shoulder? Did you feel like you had to earn it? Were there any seniors giving you a tough time? Stuff like that. No, nobody ever, nobody ever wore me out about the about my dad. That was never that never happened. We had a lot of really good seniors on that team who were really good guys. Um, but, I mean, that just never was a conversation. I don't know why. I don't know. It probably was a conversation times I wasn't, wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, I'm sure it was. But it wasn't a conversation when I was around. But when I chose to go to Belmont, I mean, it was – I was done with the recruiting and the showcase circuit. You know, I was not like a SEC guy or a top 100 guy. Right. Where, you know, I was a good player. That process can wear you out. I was a good player, but it wasn't like I was being flown places or anything like that, but I was already just done with the showcase. Mm-hmm. I felt like I played every high school game I could get into all over the Southeast and I was ready to, to make a selection and just be done with the whole thing. And, um, I just prayed a lot about it. Belmont just started to feel more and more like my home. It started to feel not just where my dad worked, but my home, my best friend who I was going to high school with at the time, Jackson Kerb committed before I did um, music business program, which was really the only thing I was interested in studying. Of course. At all. <laughs> we follow <laughs> which, you on Instagram. We know. Yeah, it was <laughs> the only thing that I wanted to study. Um, so it really just, and then I just went to a game one night and um, it just felt, it felt like home. I didn't want to play. Um, you know, I wasn't going to go play at a Vanderbilt or a Florida or, you know, USC or something like that. Easy with like, the Florida talk. You know who you're talking oh, to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> apologize I wasn't gonna go play at Florida State there either so <laughs> we'll um, edit that out if we have to you know but I were I started kind of looking around and I mean this is just as transparent as I can be I was like I don't want to go play at another school of a of a similar level just so I can say I didn't play for my dad I was like I, I don't want to be playing against Belmont I want to be playing for Belmont mm-hmm. um and so I mean like I said once it started to feel like home it was a pretty easy decision at that point, that that was what I wanted to do. Okay. Coach, I think Logan was primarily like a part-timer as a freshman. It wasn't necessarily in the lineup every day. Um, was there any point where you weren't sure it was going to work going to work out with him? Did you think that, you know, maybe another program might be a good idea for him, maybe even for me? Uh, no, not really. Uh, I felt like athletically it was going to work out for him. I really did. I knew he wasn't quite ready to step in and take over a major role his freshman year. And he had to earn everything that he got. I also, you know, in in all fairness, I had really good assistant coaches that I was able to kind of turn him over to, too. And, uh, you know, Aaron Smith did a tremendous job with him in development uh, as an infielder. And, uh, you know, they worked with him from a hitting standpoint as well. He, it was just – it was a really good situation where I was, as his head coach, able to allow them – 
to just take him and let him let him work with them and it, it, it reshape him in any way that they wanted to. And I felt like my assistant coaches did a tremendous job from a player development standpoint, like they do with all of our guys. He benefited, he prospered, and he, he grew a lot from that and learned a lot about the game from those guys. So I give them a lot of the credit for his player development, but I always felt like athletically he had every tool that he needed to become a really good player for us. And probably going to be more of a corner guy, you know, uh, play cor- he could play corner outfield, he could play corner infield. He could even play in the middle of the infield uh, some as well, too. And, you know, to Logan's credit, I think he played seven different – seven or eight different positions for us, if you include DH in that. Okay. Uh, over the course of his career. And, and probably there was one season, maybe back in uh, 2020 even, yeah. he probably played in that 17-game season due to COVID. He probably played seven different positions in just that, in those 17 games, I would say. Okay. Well, that's a perfectly diplomatic answer from a seasoned Division One baseball coach like yourself. But you, as yeah. a freshman, Logan, eighteen, yeah, decorated high school player, you belong. You've got the gifts, but you're not in the lineup every day. Yeah. I mean, how much? There had to have been some. Come on, Dad. Oh well, had to have been. I wanted to say he said. Talk about playing in the middle of the field. I could de- I could always stand in the middle of the field. Stand I could in the always field. stand in the middle of the Maybe field. Maybe not make the play. I may not play, but I could always stand in the middle of the field. <laughs> um, yeah, as a freshman, I remember I remember showing up and I mean, just to shoot you as straight as I can shoot you, I remember thinking, man, I should be at a Vanderbilt or a Tennessee, but nobody wanted to recruit me because of my dad. Right. And I mean, just just so not in touch with reality, you know, like most 18 year old athletes. Yeah. I was thinking like, all right, I'll come in here and, and I'll wear it out and, uh, and I'll get picked and I'll like, I'll play in the big leagues like everybody, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'll go play. I'll get drafted and make my way up and all this stuff. And I mean, I showed up and I was like, these guys are good. (laughs) I mean, I got worn out. I think I hit like two twenty with like 25 strikeouts in the fall. And I mean, I just got absolutely blitzed and I could not play defense. Mm -hmm. I couldn't play defense. So it was pretty evident to me, like just going home for Christmas. I was like, man, I have a lot of work to do. Like I'm, I thought I was a lot better than I was. And then I remember coming back in the spring and starting to find a little bit of a groove before the game started. But I called my mom one night and she was talking about me playing. We were probably seven or 10 games in the season. She was talking about me playing. She was like, do you feel like, like, do you think you should be playing or, and I was like, no, I was like, <laughs> I was like, if you're, I always say this about like media ports when they get into arguments about like who's playing and who's not, it's like, if you were at practice every day, pretty much everybody has the same opinion right. about what the lineup should be. I right. was like, no, I shouldn't be playing. And I'm not, I'm not going to be playing like any, anytime soon. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was just, I showed up, it was just a total wake up call. It was just a total wake up call. Um, mm-hmm. I had a lot of work to do. Probably the best thing for you, though. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, to go to a to go to a you know a, a big time school and just get dominated right off the bat, and then then you're kind of lost. You know, then you're like, okay, well, do I try to go to a JUCO or do I try to go to Belmont and sit out? You know, there was no portal right. at that time, right. so it was like, you know, and you're kind of lost about who you are and where you're at as a player. It's just that the best thing for me was to go to Belmont. Okay. 
Now, Coach, they say that you have to treat him like every other player on the roster. You actually alluded to that in an earlier response, but I feel it's impossible. Again, I've got a soon-to-be nine-year-old, and I find it borderline impossible. You know, coaching your son when he hits a home run is not like just another kid on the roster. And coaching your son when he kicks one at third base is not just like another kid on the roster. So I've seen you in the dugout. You have an incredible poker face. You're, you don't get too high. You don't get too low. You've obviously been doing this a while. But what was that roller coaster like? Well, there was a lot of emotions going on inside, both high and low. But I was trying to – and Logan can talk about this, but even when they were in Little League or five, six-year-old coach pitch, if any of my son, three sons did something really well, I tried to kind of stay even keel so that if mm-hmm. they if they struck out, you know, I, I've always felt like if – if you're if they hit a home run and you're jumping up and screaming and high fiving everybody and slapping, then say in that big moment later if they strike out, that child is looking at you and going, "Wow, if he was that high when I had success, then I just failed." Yeah. And the opposite emotions, yeah. opposite emotions, going to be really bad. And so I, I thought I always benefited from the fact that my parents never got to see me play much sports at any level, basketball, baseball, any of it. And they weren't able to. They weren't able to come to games. They didn't come to games, and so I never had that type of pressure. I never. I never worried about what they were thinking. After a game was over, I'd jump in the vehicle with my dad, and we'd be driving home. And he'd say, "How you? How'd the game go?" I'd say, "We won or we lost." And how'd you do? Fine, you know. And that was then we'd be talking about something else virtually. And so I wanted. I wanted to be much more involved with my kids and be at games and things like that. But I also wanted them to just kind of let it be their thing. And, you know, like the little leaguers, let's go get some ice cream and not worry about it type of thing. So mm-hmm. in the, in the dugout, when he was playing for me, yes, I, he had a lot of huge hits for us. He contributed with some tremendous defensive plays, some big stolen bases at times, things like that. But at the end of the day, I was blessed and fortunate enough to be able to kind of keep it in perspective and just go, yep, yeah, it's, I'm going to treat him the way that I would treat one of our other players when they hit a big home run, you know, and I'll, I'll celebrate him when they come in the dugout and he and I celebrated. Now at the end of the day, I might hug him and tell him that I loved him mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, you know, I loved all of my players, but I didn't, I didn't always hug him or tell him that I loved him. Of course. Every yeah, day. It's preferential. So, yeah. Yes. At yeah. that point, I think that's <laughs> yeah. acceptable. So Logan, when you're getting critiqued, whether it was after hitting that home run or after booting one and third, yeah. did it feel like that critique was coming from coach or did it feel like it was coming from dad? I was dad a hundred percent. It was a hundred percent dad. That's why people always ask me, they're like, you know, the classic question is just like, did you like playing for your dad or what's it like playing for your dad? And it's really complicated because when I was 19, it was really hard just because I'd never played for my dad. Mm-hmm. And my dad is a constant. Your experience is very unique. He's a constant encourager, constant encourager. So I would come home after a high school game, I'd go 0 for 4 and make an error and I would be really frustrated or I didn't pitch well, got hit around and I would be really frustrated. And he was always like finding the, the silver lining. He was always – it's not as bad as you think. You know, you're not as good as you think you are when you're doing well. You're not as bad as you think you are when you're doing poorly. So when I got to school and it was like he would have to make adjustments or correct me or whatever, which like we said, I needed a lot of I was it's like my dad's calling me out in front of all my friends and he really hasn't done that athletically mm-hmm. throughout my life. So 
It was always dad, probably till I was like 21. And then it was still dad, but it was like, okay, this guy can help me. You know, it became like, he's trying to help you. Like you can, as much as it's frustrating to hear your dad call you out, like if you can latch onto it, you know, I think by the time I was, cause I played for six years. I think by the time I was 23, there were times where it was like, he would tell me something and then I would be like, no, I think I'm right. And it was like out of experience. Like I've been in this system, you've been coaching it for, you know, 25 years, but I've been playing in it for the last six. So it was like that. We actually had some probably intelligent conversations <laughs> at that point, but he, I'll tell this story real quick. He got onto me one time when we were at Evansville we had a guy get hurt. He slid into second after he hit a double and he got hurt. And I pinch, I was pinch running for him. They were going to kind of put me in in his spot, move me to the outfield. Mm -hmm. And I come in and there's two outs and I get back picked by the catcher at second base, like immediately. Nice. I mean, just, we've all been there. Yeah. Just we have some equipment of that bonehead. <laughs> like why would you even be stealing third in that situation? Total bonehead play. Right. I get back picked at second in the inning. You remember this coach? Oh yeah. <laughs> I come back into the dugout and I'm putting my stuff away, obviously feeling like an idiot getting ready to take the field. And he's talking to kind of every guy as they're running past him going out on the field. And he slaps me on the butt and he said, and you do not get picked off at second base right there. And I remember I turned around and I was like, I don't remember what, what I said, but I was essentially like, are you serious? <laughs> like, obviously don't get back picked, you know? And I ran out to the field because I was the last one out of the dugout. And I remember I came back. I was playing right field. We were in the third base dugout at Evansville. We finished the inning. I came back and just beelined right for the home plate side of the dugout, just went right to him. And I remember Nick Egley was standing there giving high fives to everybody coming off the field. <laughs> Nick's probably the greatest DH in Belmont history. Oh, yeah. And he's coming – He's giving high fives to everybody standing right by my dad as they're coming off the field. And I'm the last guy in from right field. And he's standing there waiting to give me a high five. And I hit the top step. And it was like he and I just immediately, I was like, what are you talking about? Don't get back. But like just picked up right where we left off. And I remember watching Nick out of the corner of my eye, just put his hand down, smile, and just turn and walk the complete opposite direction. <laughs> he was not going wait to wait through that conversation to give That's me a high great. five. So, uh. My boy Conrad is soon to be nine years old. You guys yeah. both know him. Logan, you know him very well. Um, I'm the only coach he's ever had, which I've mentioned earlier. T-ball, coach pitch, kid pitch, the whole schmear. And now we're making the transition into travel ball this spring. I will not be the head coach because I know that for not only his long-term benefit, my long-term benefit, I need to take a step back. I think that's going to be really good for both of us. Um, it's equal parts joy and pain. So, Skip, what advice do you have? for dads out there who are coaching their sons, the overwhelming majority of which are doing so for eight, 10 and 12 year olds, yeah. not for young men like the one sitting to your left. Well, uh, they have the time to do it. I think it's a wonderful thing. And, uh, I envy that had I had the time and wasn't a college baseball coach. I think I would have relished. I think I would have loved it. I would have really been all into it. Uh, but the other thing that I would say to you as you're transitioning into this where someone else is going to be his head coach, man, what a great time now to have a look, for that relationship to be able to tweak a little bit where you mm -hmm. can kind of be less of the coach and more of just supporting him. You can have conversations that don't involve 
lineup decisions or, you know, why did you say this to me? Or why did you say, don't get back pick? Are you kidding? <laughs> you know what I mean? Something to that effect. It, I think it, I think it can be a really cool time, but it's also, I, I understand you'll miss not being his head coach yeah. too. And, and, and I'll be, I'll, I'm still part of the yeah. organization, but I'm not filling out the lineup card. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you guys are going to be involved in, and, in everything here with baseball as well. So you'll still have opportunities to work with him and spend time with him and baseball will be a central part of that. There's no doubt about that, Mm -hmm. but I think it could be a very interesting time. And I think you'll find some really positives that'll come from it as well too, when you're not trying to balance that and carry the head coach's hat and also, and also be his father at the same Mm -hmm. time too. But I mean, Logan will have an interesting perspective on this as well. Yeah. Logan, I'm sure you can appreciate the fact that like, during a practice, during a game, I don't think Conrad loves the fact that I'm the head coach of the team. But away from the field, he yeah. adores it. it. It means a lot to him. He feels, and he's eight, he's going to nine, that I'm super hard on him. Yeah. And I break him down a little more than I do the other players. And he's not wrong. Yeah. Um, I have a hard time making him just one of the other players. But what advice do you have for sons who are playing for their old man, whether they're eight years old or 18? Man, I don't know. Um, and the reason I say that is just because I feel like um, like my situation, God showed me a lot of grace giving me my dad because he is a great coach and he is a great dad and he had coached his brother. So he, there were a lot of missteps that he did not make. He made it a lot easier on me is what I'm trying to say. He made it a lot easier on me than probably some kids have it with their dads. The advice I would say is maybe just don't, when you hear something and you just immediately hate what you're hearing because it's your dad saying it to you, Mm -hmm. I would just kind of not react would probably be my advice because you might look back on it in a day or two or in an hour or two um, and be like, he was right. Because you're certainly going to look back on it in a year or two and be like, he was right. So I would just, I would just try to not react. Like, um, you know, people say like, Oh, hear the message, not the tone or whatever. It's kind of like that. Like just hear what he's saying, take it in, be a good listener. And then almost just kind of deal with it later. Like just put it away later, but you don't have to, sometimes I was always trying to defend. Like I would try to defend myself like, well, it's, you know, here's why I did that or whatever. The, The hardest part was when he would, he would tell me something in front of everybody, like call out a mistake that I made, especially a mental mistake that I knew that he knew I already knew I'd messed up. <laughs> I knew that he knew I'd already messed up. That was the whole thing with the backpick thing. It was like, right. obviously, you know that I was not thinking that that was a good idea, <laughs> you know, but he was trying to defend me from other players. That's what he right. was trying to do. He was just trying to give me a level of protection. So um, that would be what I would say is just just hear your dad if he's coaching you. Just you don't have to have a reaction or an answer or a response. Give it a day. You know, give it a minute because he's he's probably right. I'm sure he's looking out for you. Most mm-hmm. things that I said to Logan, I knew he already knew, but I was saying them to protect his back so that if I said it to another player, I had already said it to him as well. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that was extremely important. I knew it was important when I had coached my younger brother as well. The thing that the best advice that I could give to the fathers is try not to ever make it personal 
and to the players, try not to ever take it personal. And I remind my players every day, and I do this when Logan's there, I do it when Logan's not there, whatever. But when, when I'm getting after them and when I'm coaching them up, they need to make sure that they don't, that they take it into their head, but that they don't take it into their heart. I think that's an extremely important distinction because it's not personal. I'm, I'm, I'm coaching them, but I'm, I'm talking and teaching to the entire roster when I'm coaching them as well, too. So take it into their head, but don't take it into their heart. All right. So I know that you guys are actually my guests on the show, but I would love to share this story with you. I had kind of a breakthrough moment with my boy last week. We just came up here. We had some time to kill after school and we just had a little BP session and we did some front toss and I threw at him from about 35, 40 feet. And for whatever reason, he hit the ball as well as he has ever hit with me ever. Um, long story short, you know, he's a little bit of a leaner, a little bit of a lunger, a little bit of a front foot type of kid, but he was landing soft and the weight transfer was all working and the trigger was there. And I mean, it just, it looked great and he's stinging the ball and I'm so pleased. I had no reason to be hard on him. I was so pleased. Well, the last month or so he's been doing this off season training program with the Reds, Redbirds organization, which is the travel squad he'll be involved in. And I haven't done a lot of the coaching. I've just been kind of being an extra hand yeah. and he's had access to some college players and some ex major leaguers. And the coaching has been fantastic for a kid his age. So I'm like talking to him afterwards saying, it seems like you're taking to some of this coaching. You're hearing things, you're applying them and look at all the success you're having. See your old man kind of knows what he's talking about. So I asked him, who are you listening to? You know, who's getting through to you? You know, which coach is getting you to do all these things. And he actually looked at me and said, Dad, I actually learned all this stuff from you. Yeah. I, I kind of need to hear it from other people, but I actually learned all this stuff from you. And I, I almost had a, a teary moment right there because yeah. I was afraid that, you know what? I'm having a hard time getting through to him. He's having a hard time with me, perhaps being too hard on him. I think this transition to him playing for someone else is going to be good for everybody. But having that moment was, it was something that I'll probably never forget. And if there's anybody in this building who would appreciate that story, hopefully it's you two guys. Amen. No doubt about it. That's, that is a special story. Mm-hmm. And it's a realization on, on both sides that, you know, you raise them up in the ways and they'll circle back to it at some point. And, right. And they hear, he hears what you're saying to him. And that's as parents, sometimes we wonder, do they even hear what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But as, as men, as young men, they, they have been hearing you, and they, and they will come back to that, no doubt about it. All right, Coach, last question for you. Yeah. Um, you know that I've sung the praises for Logan when he's in this building several times. He, he's, he's a natural. He's fantastic with the kids. He knows how to make it fun. He knows how to make it competitive, but he also knows where to draw the line. I mean, he's sensational. Uh, I wish he was in the building more often. So do you see this as a potential career path for him? Do you want that life for him to potentially – Following your footsteps. Well, it's it, the the career path has its challenges. There's no doubt about it. Any career does, though. There's, you know, that's that's obvious. That, yeah. Yours in particular, though. A lot yeah. of nights, lots of weekends, lots of travel, lots of time away from family. A lot of challenges to it, no doubt about it. <clears throat> but what I want for him is for him to be able to have options. I think he's put himself by being a good student, by being a hard worker by being diligent, high character. You know, he has a lot of great assets. I think he puts himself in a, in a position where he has a lot of choices. 
it'll be his choice. It has to be his life. If he chooses this life, I'll understand all of the wonderful things that he'll be able to provide for, for other people as a coach, but I'll also understand all the challenges and some of the, some of the, some of the high points, but some of the heartaches that come along with it as well too. So I, if he chooses this, I'll support him in that. If he chooses like any of my three sons, if he chooses this, I'll support him in that. But if he chooses to go in a different direction, I'll support that as well too. I come from a family of eight children. So I have seven brothers and sisters and I can tell you right now, John, only one of those, uh, seven uh, siblings that I have has even any interest in sports whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've grown up, uh, with four sisters right around me and three other brothers that, uh, they, they get together and they talk about a lot of other things besides sports at Thanksgiving and Christmas when we, when we all get together. So I have a perspective where I know it can be a very healthy pursuit in anything that he does. And it's not just, sports or baseball only mm-hmm. for sure all right logan if you had to make your choice are you on the top step of the dugout or are you on stage at the ryman on stage, <laughs> on stage at the ryman. perfectly oh, fair answer yeah. i mean i love i love it i love coaching i love um i've learned so much working here i'm so thankful for for you guys just giving me the opportunity i mean we, I think we finished playing, and I was in here two days later. That's about running right. camps. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys are just giving me incredible opportunity, and several of our guys, you know, allow me to hire my friends and bring bring my friends in and um, have my teammates work. And um, I've just learned so much. And the the cool thing about having my dad is my dad is an expert on playing baseball, but he's more of an expert on coaching baseball. I mean, he played baseball for twenty that's a good way twenty five years. He's coached baseball for forty years. So the as much as when I was out playing for other people or playing summer ball or whatever I could always go to him and hey this is what I'm seeing this is what I'm feeling he always had something for me coaching is even more coaching is even more where I can just hey I can't get this kid uh they don't seem to understand you know Mm -hmm. and welcome um, to the struggle yeah (laughs) and he uh I mean he just always he always has something it's just he even he it's like he knows even more the shoes I'm in now so that is that's been a cool part about the relationship as far as coaching goes well we are big big supporters of Belmont baseball in this building and you guys have always been very welcoming to DBAT from the moment I showed up at one of your ball games so I appreciate that it's wonderful to have you guys both here thank you very much and uh, this was a lot of fun thank you Joe oh, yeah, thanks thank for you. the opportunity Anytime. thank you the clueless Joe podcast is brought to you by pro nine sports committed to providing high-quality, precision baseball and softball products to help players perform their best on the field. A family-owned and operated business since 2001, offering a wide range of products including game and practice balls, protective gear, team and player bags, umpire equipment, and much more. Here at the Nashville location, we use private label D-Bat baseballs and softballs produced by Pro9 in our pitching machines and lesson buckets. These balls are durable, long-lasting, and made with quality materials to replicate your game experience. Pro9 equipment is made to precise specifications and designed to provide a better way to play. To learn more, go to Pro9.com or visit your local DBAT. Okay, time for three up and three down. Uh, Holiday camp has moved on to batting practice, I believe, so prepare for that in the background. But anyway, three up, three down, three questions. The boys don't know what's coming. They have to answer on the fly. Question number one. 
Very topical. What is the best free agent signing so far this offseason? Mm. When I mean free agent, I mean switching teams. So Aaron Judge does mm-hmm. not qualify. Free Dang. agent signing who switched teams. I mean, that would have been too easy for Zach right there. Of course. Go ahead, Ryan. Fanboy needs I think, a time to get himself together here. I think Jacob DeGrom. I think him going to the Rangers was pretty cool. I think it's going to be a good signing for them. I think he's going to like it in in Texas. I don't know. I got, a, I got a good feeling that now that he's off the Mets, I think he's going to enjoy it. What? Are they going to win? I, I don't know if they're that's what I'm, I don't know if that's what Last I'm basing it off of. They are spending money. I, I mean, they should. I mean, if he pitches like he usually does, then he's going to get them more wins and hopefully be a little bit higher in the AOS. But what are the odds he ever starts 30 games in a season? Probably rare. Probably low. I mean, but is it what worth? Is, what of his past? Is it worth twenty-three incredible starts? Yes, probably. I would say so. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think that pitching staff needed a boost, and I really like Jacob Degrom. That side. Okay. I think it's great for the t- for the Rangers. Yeah. Um, the Mets are are fine without him. <laughs> Mets will be fine. Mets will be fine. Um, so you're saying your answer is not Hunter Renfro to the Angels. It is not it's Hunter Renfro to the Angels. Okay. Good to know. I was just making sure. <laughs> just like mine is not Andrew Benintendi to the White Sox. Oh, yeah. man. Full All disclosure. Right. So much money. Okay. Zach, who's the best? Um, I mean, it's got to be Trey Turner to the Phillies. Solid that, choice. That team is a good choice. That team's going to be so good once they get Harper back. Is he going to be back for the opening day or no? I don't believe so. Okay. No. I'm not sure. Well, yeah, I mean. They're going to be nasty. With the, yeah, with the They're Phillies team they had last year. And adding Trey Turner, Harper's probably the best shortstop in the strictly game. Strictly DH at this point, and maybe All Star break. Although, yeah, my intel's not great on that. Yeah, dude, yeah, that's well. I mean, number two team in baseball, and then they bring in Trey Turner. That's the thing. A very good choice. Even if Trey would, Turner would have went to the Padres, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mention Trey Turner, but him to that Phillies team is going to be very exciting to watch. Yeah, yeah I agree. I'm actually going to surprise you a little bit. I'm going with Justin Verlander. I know that he's. Huh. 40 plus now, but oh, it, that I, I mean, ages. how much does that matter? I mean, that procedure on his UCL probably took five years off of his arm. Yeah. He was positively electric all season long. It's a shorter term deal. I think it's what two was it years. Two? With yeah, two. I think it was two years. Yeah, it's averaging, you know, 40 some million a year. But you lose Jacob deGrom and you replace him with Verlander, who actually yeah. did win the Cy Young. You pair him yeah. next to Mad Max. I feel pretty good about that if I'm a Mets fan. I, I like no, that. You, he, yeah, I like that he went to a team like the Mets, where they are making it abundantly clear abundantly that they are World Series clear. or bust. That they are, they have yes, to win. He's not a guy who's going to shudder from the bright lights in New York City. No, that. But he's not. He's not. He's going already to got a, the runway wife. He's, he's not ready going to go. To, yeah, he's not going to a team like like the Diamondbacks, where he can just coast out the rest of his career. Right. And, like he's yeah, there, he to, wants he's to there winning. to win to another World yeah. Series. Yeah, and, yeah, that's and, my number one. Perform. That's, so, yeah, that's I, I like that's that. a good choice. Yeah. Question number two: What is the worst free agent signing so far <laughs> this offseason? Dansby Swanson to the Chicago Cubs. I had a feeling that was your choice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why I are you so anti Dansby? Is it just you don't think he's I, worth that much, or you don't I think, think he's I think that there's good a player? lot. Of, I think there's a lot of hype. I, I think he's a really good player, like I've stated before. I think there's there's just a lot of hype to him. He had the one good year. I mean, he's a steady player, but he's not hes not Carlos Correa. He's not Trey Turner. He's not Xander Bogarts. Um, that's just my opinion. But, again, I don't i don't even really think that there was a, 
just off the top of my head, I don't know if there's a bad free agent signing. Oh, I've got. Oh, one. there is. Oh, I've got yeah. one. Well, Hunter Renfro. Sounds like Ryan's got one. Well, I mean, Hunter. Ren- I don't think that's a bad signing. I, I, For Hunter Renfro's sake, it's a bad signing I, because the Angels are just where you go to die. Yeah. Um, and again, it, the best free agent signing for the Angels would be a new team trainer. <laughs> Jesus. That's no comment. I no. don't have comment on that. No comment. Um, but no, <laughs> I for the Cubs, it's really not a bad signing. You got a really good shortstop, and you get, they, I think they, it's. They, I think the it's. A, may, the Cubs I think it's a good signing. They get the, uh, yeah, it's, Th- that's yeah. that's an example of a signing that might make you better at two positions. You get Nico Horner to go back to second base. Yeah. That's a really solid up the middle. Defensively, yeah. they should be very good. Who you got a th- who's a third? Schwindel. Does he uh, play third? Th- third's kind of a black hole right now. The, the, the corners for the Cubs are not good. Really? Their they're traditional okay. power positions, right, left, third, and back. first okay. are not All great. Right. I, I changed my answer to... Um, <laughs> change your answer. I just my, stick I cha- to your no, answer. No, no, because the more I thought <laughs> about it... Just as wishy-washy as your lineup. I just said, I just said it because of, because of how I feel about Dan's beat. But uh, no, I'll say Carlos Correa to the Giants. He's not on the Giants. Yeah, but he he was going there. It was a bad. Signing. Oh, I see what you're saying. Got yeah. it. <laughs> you made me take the sound effects off the machine here, but that would have been a wah wah yeah. or something like that. Even the yeah. dude, even the Mets deal is crazy. Yeah. It's what? Nuts. Thirteen years and he's getting 40, twelve years, 40, 40, 15 or something like that. What does that average it, out to? Around it's, forty. It's one year? fewer year than he would have got with the Giants and it's a little less money, crazy. but the, the AAV is about the same. Crazy. Ryan, worst two hundred and sixty. What's your worst? I'm going to go with Noah Syndergaard for $13 million to the Dodgers. Guys, I know that's guys an insane done. amount of money to guys us, done. but these days, I mean, that's that's a middle-of-the-road starter. That's what the White Sox gave Mike Cle- uh, Clevenger. I know. I, where, where did he go? I think, I'm sorry. That, that's the, the going Dodgers, rate Dodgers. for a one-year professional pitcher so that you want gonna, to be your fourth starter. I'm not going to go back on my pick, but there might be some bias in that because he stunk for the Angels, and then they gave him away, and what team did he go to, everybody? Phillies. Phillies. And where did the Phillies make it to? The World, World Series. Series. How big of a part did he play in that run? None. Very little. Still made it to the World Series. I don't know. Pisses, it just pisses me off. I think it's a bad signing. $13 million is way too much money for him. What's worse? And the Clayton Kershaw $20 million deal. What's well. worse, his really? or uh, Bellinger? Uh, would you I take, just don't like I mean, I just. Would think, you take the Syndergaard or, or Bellinger? Probably Syndergaard. I would feel I better. Bias. <laughs> I feel better with Bellinger. But Bellinger, yeah, that one pisses me off too. I'm actually going to shock you both. I will say the worst one is the one the breaking news this morning: Carlos Correa to the Mets. You think so? I think that is a bad move. My explanation Why, is this: yes, because Francisco Lindor is already. I'm aware of that. That's okay. exactly why I don't like it. I understand they're both in Puerto Rico. I understand they're boys, which is different from the dynamic you're hearing about with like Jeter and A Rod. But A-Rod goes to the Giants, I'm sorry, to the Yankees, and they force him to play third base. He was twice the shortstop, twice the shortstop yeah, that Derek Jeter was. He was good. So he was miscast he and misfit at third base. <laughs> I say you didn't get everything you could great, have. You did not maximize career. the value of A-Rod because you stuck him at third base. I feel that way about Correa. Correa okay. is a better defensive shortstop than Francisco Lindor. It doesn't mean Lindor's bad. Stats don't lie. It means Correa is better. Yeah. And now, because Lindor is already established there, he's going to have to play a position he probably doesn't want to play. He's Would he not, sign it he's if not, he didn't want to play the 12, position? But he's not a 40 years. and 100 guy. He, he's, his stats show that he's 25 and 80. That's a solid year from Carlos Correa. Yeah. Is that enough for a third baseman? It's good. 
It's not great power corner numbers. It's 12 I, years. I, I, you think he cares where he plays? He's not going to be a shortstop for 12 years. Why would he not? If he, if, I, in his I ideal like world, why would he not? He I don't like the dynamic of a shortstop. You're telling me, you're telling me Alex Rodriguez would have played shortstop, ask, the shortstop the, his whole mm-hmm. career? Look, do I think he's going to be good at third? Yes. He's got a big arm. He's got a great glove. I mean, I think he'll be a very good third baseman. But part of his value when you figure in things like war and some of those statistics is the fact that he plays the shortstop position so well. I, I, I agree. I think it is a little too early for him to move to shortstop. Move to third, you mean? Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, move to third. Sorry. Move from shortstop. Um, but ultimately, he will probably end up as a corner guy. Holy. Yeah. Holy. I mean, I understand Lindor's that. on the team till 2031. He signed that big of a deal? Oh, yeah. That was 10 years, I believe. Wow. 10 years. Dude, that gets me going. Yeah, it was. I love, All right. That's I love a 10-year deal. Crazy. Uh, All right. left side of the infield. All right, Zach. So. Just so you know, if we open up a second location in Nashville, I'm going to make you the AGM over there. See if you like it. Ooh. No, that's, ah. that's different. That's different. <laughs> Question Got number different. three. <laughs> Question number three. Who is your favorite player on a rival team? A team in your division, a team you hate, but this guy is just a sick player and you have to respect him. Got to be American League West for you, Ryan. Card-carrying you, Angels fan. You go, Zach. Okay. You go. Zach's going to go first. Go. Someone in the American League Central. Or For East. our Royals fan here. Or East. That I have to respect. Don't, come on. I'm kidding. I'm you got to play Royals fan here, um, not pretend Yankees fans. That I have to respect. Let's see. I'm trying to think. Nobody from the White Sox. Okay. Definitely not. No offense. Definitely not Tim Anderson. Okay. Uh. He's Only my great. son's favorite player, but move on. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. I was going to say Carlos Correa, but not anymore. Not long, he wasn't in the division long enough. Psych. Well, he's not. It's, yeah. Tigers? I'll probably. I'll, you I'll love go. Miggy. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. You I, love Miggy. I respect Miggy, but yeah. I never, like, I just never had a. I've never had. How do you not respect Miggy? Anyways. I'll go, and this is actually going to be a name. We actually talked about it last week when we were talking about the A's. I really respect Ramon Liriano for the A's. Yeah. I think, I think he's a really good player. Does everything I, well. I, and he, he stomps on the Angels whenever they play him. Mm-hmm. Stomps on him. Mm-hmm. Defensively, offensively. I mean, every single stat, he runs it up. And it, I hate it, but I think he's a really good baseball player just in a bad organization. Yeah. I think that's a really good choice. Um my White Sox over here, I, you got to go with Jose Ramirez for yeah. the Guardians. Yeah. I mean, not only was That's he key yeah. to my dominating start-to-finish fantasy baseball win. I mean, it was only on a matter of time until you pulled that. Yes. Well, I mean, I've, I've already – I mean, it, it was a legendary performance. Legendary. You How did, bad I beat John, all you did, of you You guys. did well. Congratulations. But Jose Ramirez, I mean, there's nothing he doesn't do well. He plays a mean third base. He can – hit for days, he's got sneaky speed, and if he comes up in a clutch situation and you've got you know, your second or third best reliever out there, yeah. he's going to beat you. Yeah. He's going to beat you. you no, know, it's a good I mean, pick. I hate him, but I he's respect so him. Good. He's so He is good. so good. Yeah. He's so good. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a good one yeah. for the central. The one you should have picked. Don't yeah. copy him. Let's go, Zach. What do you got? Dude, I don't. It's not Michael A. Taylor, just so you know. Mine is not Michael A. Taylor. 
He's struggling. Dude, I, I can't think of anybody. <laughs> He's struggling. Right Jake Berger. Jake Berger. <laughs> Jake Berger. <laughs> the third baseman for the White Sox. Yes. Come on. Played against you don't somewhere. have one? For those 40 games he played before he got shelved. I mean, I was going to say like Rafael Devers if I was going to go East, but. Yeah. Then go AL East. Fine. Rafael yes. Devers. Yeah. Take your the Royals Kansas, hat off. Or, uh, <laughs> Kansas, Kansas City Royals or, hat. No, I no. I'll go, uh, I'll go Whit Merrifield with the. Uh, with the Blue Jays. Okay. Former Royal. <laughs> You're cheating. Crazy. You're cheating. Come on, that's Zach. A, that's, I, I, aye, aye, aye. I, don't, I don't have the, like, the... I guess I just don't want to really get the question. Anyways. Well done. Moving on. <laughs> Great radio, Zach. Great radio. <laughs> Let's follow up on that with your weekly Zach Podcast. attack. What do you have for us? Um, I'm going to go with the, the guys that go to Major League Baseball games... And do vlogs about them catching home runs and foul balls. That grinds my gears. That's pretty low. That's, Say, wait, that's what was it? Weak. I missed it. So what was it? The there's that one guy. I don't. I think his name's Zach too. Uh, oh, Zach Campbell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's the guy. That's yeah. the guy. That guy in particular. <laughs> what a loser! Yeah, <laughs> legendary <laughs> schmuck. He's a hall of famer in his own head and nowhere else. Oh uh, my god! What wasn't he buy? Wasn't he like buying out a section? To catch Aaron Judge's yes, yep, and he didn't catch it, right? No, yeah, no, yeah, didn't catch it. No. And but he's no, essentially Marlins man, but he's in the outfield. That that too, I'll, I'll put him. In, I'll put Marlins man in that category. Yeah, too. really. But he's totally. What's wrong man. with Marlins man? The fact that he's he Marlins just, man. Yeah, but he just sits there. He's not <laughs> bowling guess, over dude, kids, man, and he. I guess he took that popularity and just ran. Oh, he yeah. did. Oh, he, yeah. he did. He milked he, the mess. He's handed up seriously. He nailed it. And but no, yeah, that's just. Just so annoying. Just wearing that the, orange jersey, it's so bad. <laughs> just, just go to the God. game and watch the door. Okay. Who cares if you catch a home run? This dude's sprinting 50 yards yeah. to catch a home run yeah. ball. Like, dude, relax. Yeah. Come yeah. On. And there's plenty of ballparks that do not like this guy. He, uh, he is, I hope uh, so. Yeah, he is. Oh, uh, plenty. I hope yeah. so. He's, he's caused problems with security guards. Mm-hmm. And really? I remember he I caught somebody. I haven't seen it. I'll say I haven't seen a single one of his videos. I've just seen clips on TikTok and Twitter. I think I've seen maybe one so, or two. I just can't even but I, entertain He it. caught somebody's first home run, I'm pretty sure, and he like demanded that he brought the ball of to course. him and yeah. got him to sign and caused a massive scene. I don't remember who it was, though, but it just... Yeah, because he doesn't want to give it back. He he wants to turn it into content. Just an absolute loser. Ridiculous. Yeah, absolute loser. Well, not a big fan. Yeah. Not a big fan. Ryan, what do you have for us this week? Crying Ryan says who? Crying Ryan, it's it's kind of a hot seat slash crying Ryan, um, and it kind of is on the same lines. It's the guy who caught Aaron Judge's... Oh, yeah. Home run ball. They okay. offered him three million dollars mm-hmm. right right then and there. He mm-hmm. denied it and put it up for auction, and it sold for one point five million dollars. I did see that. Uh, yeah, the guy lost one point five million dollars because he That's didn't the sell thing, it though, right it's then still and there. One point five million. I agree. Dollars. I know there's some shade for no, going but on think here. Think about but it. Think did, did he lose one point five million, or or did he, he still he gain one point five million? No, he lost it because it was offered to him, and he said no. Think about the difference between 1.5 and 3 million. That's a lot of money. It's a lot gentlemen. of money. I'll take my 1.5. Yeah. I mean, who knows? <laughs> you, you could have flipped the coin and but said was obvi- he would have made obviously, 5 million. Obviously, he thought he was going to get more for it when he put it up for auction and ended up oh, getting yeah, half it, of what it, he was offering. 1.5 million still buys a heck of a nice three bedroom but house in downtown you know what, Nashville. You're 3 good. million buys you a whole lot more. It I mean, does. He could have gotten five. You never know. 
You, you, you gamble and that's crazy. Still walking away with one point five this. though. It's fine. Wow. I mean, he yes, lost, I would. He lost half of what he was going to make, and it's, loss is the correct 1. term. 5. I don't think that's it. Is the correct term? term. It is. If he over. never had it, then he didn't lose. He was. Yeah, he could have yeah. had. He it. rolled the dice. He took a risk. The risk didn't go his way. The outcome didn't go his way. But he's and still he walking lost. away with a mil and a half. But if he, I'm okay with that. But if but that's again, if you buys but a lot of the same thing, you think he's able to sleep at night after getting a mil and a half yes. and be like quite comfortably. No <laughs> way. Quite oh, I'd be so pissed. Oh, I'd be so mad. Gosh. That's you guys are he, so it, weird. What, what if he what if he so puts weird. it up for auction and he makes four million? He Five didn't million? though. Well, Why don't you just take your three million? I mean, I'm taking the three million for sure. Absolutely. But if, if why I would put, I but take? But if I'm him and I still get one point five, I'm like, oh, okay, could have been more. Like if I go to the casino <laughs> and I, I break, no if I if I break even, I'm like, oh, well, at Zach, least I didn't lose money. Zach, don't don't is, bring up casinos. That yeah, is, came no two weeks ago. Wasn't pretty. Way. Oh my gosh, go, hey, John. Oh, yeah. Go. I'd be pissed if I got one. John, 5. go. Does John I got nothing say? left. Go. I got nothing left. Do, do the no. outro. Do something, because Zach, I. He I'm is so, so frustrated. He, by this. Well, I'm he's so wrong. wrong. If he was put in that situation, he would be so mad. I just told you he would be so mad that get, he lost out on all that money. If Zach was that in happens, that situation, I'm he would have never auctioned the ball. Yeah. He would have run it straight to Aaron Judge, got down on bended knee, <laughs> kissed the rings, and here you go, Mr. Judge. Absolutely. And he would have done it. Tickets. And he would have done it for a firm handshake and a pat on the back. Give me season tickets. Put me, oh, up, put, put, put me up. Put me up in a little penthouse in New York City. Zach, we're, you'd have done it for a kiss on the cheek from Aaron Judge. Yeah. Fanboy. Okay, that'll do it for the Clueless Joe podcast, powered by Rawlings. Thank you to Aaron Judge superfan Zach Schreitenthal. Oh, Captain, my captain. And poor old Angels fan Ryan Gaynor. Mary Chrysler. <laughs> a very special thank you to the Jarvis boys, Dave and Logan. Thank you to our sponsors, Tanner Tees and Pro9 Sports. Thank you to our music man, Philip Kramer. And thank you for listening. Be sure to like, share, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. Last one for us before the holidays. Happy holidays, everybody. You can follow us across all platforms on social media at DBAT Nashville.